Haunted's Review with Haunted Igloo. Hey you, welcome to today's episode. I want to thank you personally for supporting my dream and supporting what I do and what I love to talk about. I also just wanted to say that today's episode was done through a Zoom call because of COVID-19 social distancing and because of actual physical distance between myself and my friends on today's episode. But please bear with me through the quality and please enjoy it. Thank you. All right, and welcome back to Let's Review with Haunted Igloo. I'm your host, Haunted Igloo. And as always, you can call me Hutch. And I've got a returning guest. Uh, he's not physically with me. He's actually in an undisclosed location right now. Swinson is back. Swinson, please introduce yourself. Hey, it's Swinny Swin, Sherlock underscore Tones. You know everybody missed me. So again. I'm so glad to have you back. Can't wait to see you again in person. Now, um, we have two awesome guests that I'm uh, very excited to have here, especially for today's topic. They have been called the Moses Brothers. I first met, or uh, I'm sorry, heard these guys on another podcast called Phantom Rant Radio. I definitely recommend that podcast to movie lovers as well. Um, Their names are Peter and Stephen Moses. Guys, can you please introduce yourselves and your uh, social media tags? Hey, what's up? Uh, Peter here. My uh, Instagram is Peter underscore Moses, and I am happy to be here. And my name is Stephen Moses. Instagram handle Stephen underscore P underscore Moses. I'm super excited to be on the podcast. Looking forward to it. Awesome. Thanks again so much, guys, because I know that um, you, you obviously have your own personal things going on. I know school as well, but I, it's really, I'm very thankful that you guys take the time out of your day to, to do something like this, especially with uh, what's going on today. And for listeners, this is the first time I'm doing a, a podcast over Zoom. So if some of the audio isn't quite up to par, please, you know, forgive me for that. I'm working with what I've got. But let's go ahead. Uh, Swinson, you have not been a part of this yet. And actually, this is going to be the first episode I'm doing this. But um, Swinson, you remember when I used to try to do like top three noteworthy news segment? Yes. All right. So I completely got away from that. I kind of hated doing it. I was just trying to get something to kind of kick off each episode with. But what I have now and what I want to do is going to be, and I'm going to do it for every new guest. So obviously if there's recurring guests, it won't be done. Since it's uh, the first time you're going to hear of it, I would like for all three of you guys to participate. And what I'm going to uh, start doing are just introduction questions. I feel like this will help, you know, help us, you know, see what kind of page we're all generally on in the movie fandom world, as well as the audience, help the audience and the listeners get to know us a little more than uh, we've allowed them to. So it's just going to be 10 questions. I'll ask him. We'll do it in this order. Swinson, you can go first since I generally feel bad for you most of the time. Uh, <laughs> all right. And then uh, Peter, if you want to go next and then Steven, uh, you can take it uh, lastly. So first question. All right. What is your favorite movie? You can pick one of or just a movie that you feel like you can consistently watch without getting tired of. Um, I would have to say it's either Shawshank Redemption or... The Dark Knight. What about you, Peter? Oh. Awesome. Actually, you know, Man of Steel um, was the first. I didn't like Superman growing up. I'm gonna be honest. Um, I was uh, as a kid. I was really on the Batman bandwagon, and I uh, <laughs> I grew into that. I, I was like everything Batman. I you know started reading uh, more of his comics and everything and i just didn't give my chance uh i'm sorry i didn't give myself a chance to uh really enjoy superman but 
when the DCEU started pushing out more movies, Man of Steel, I uh, forced myself to watch it, and I ended up loving it. And actually, awesome. General Zod, I feel like is one of my favorite all-time live uh, uh, live adaptation of a of a comic book villain. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I, I love Michael Shannon Zod. Yes, is great. And what about you? What about you, Stephen? Um, I have to agree with uh, Swinson. My favorite movie is The Dark Knight. I love that film. Could watch it every day if I had time for it. I thought you were gonna say uh, Shawshank Redemption too. You know, I haven't seen that yet. <laughs> so, well, um, that's that's the thing with Dark Knight. Like, I the reason why I like watching it, I can find something new every time I watch it. Something I never mm-hmm. noticed before. I can always find these hidden Easter eggs or something that the actor's doing that makes the acting so much better. Well, yeah, watching it as a kid, too, The Dark Knight, you don't fully understand exactly everything that is that is happening. Because I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say The Dark Knight, just the Dark, uh, the Dark Knight trilogy in general has very complicated plot. But once you find, once you understand it and you follow along with it, it is, it is easy. It's easier to understand uh, after watching a couple times. So I remember when it came out, and I was in probably sixth grade, I think, 2008. Um, I'm sorry, but as a as a sixth grader, I didn't even understand what was going on half the time. But uh, it's it. But Heath Ledger's Joker. Uh, I know everybody says it, but Heath Ledger's Joker is really what kept me in. Because as a kid, if that villain hadn't have been that interesting, I would not have been as drawn into that movie as uh, as I you know would be others. So, and not even just, I, I feel like Heath Ledger's Joker, like, set the tone of what movie villains should, in a way, strive to be towards. Like, that's why I love Tom Hardy's Bane so much, too. Because he made it, like, realistic. Oh, exactly. That's why I love the Dark Knight trilogy in general. Because, um, aside from, uh, you know, a lot of superhero movies, the Dark Knight trilogy, Christopher Nolan strive for it to feel as real as possible. Like, this could actually happen. You know, it's very, it's, uh, you know, it's probably, it's, it's possible, maybe not probable, but I mean, there's nothing that exceeds the actual physical limitations of our universe in that Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah, the, uh, the Dark Knight trilogy is very much like Christopher Nolan went with that direction where he's like, okay, I'm grounding this in realism. Like, what if this, like, actually happened? Like, with Christian Bale's Batman, like, what if a guy in our world actually tried to be Batman. Yeah, and even uh, along with your point of, like, as kids, we don't really get it. Like, even just, like, deeper themes in movies. When you're a kid, you don't get, you don't pick up on. But as you get older and watch, uh, watch, like, I guess you say rewatch movies and even, you know, watch new movies. I I agree. So I watched X-Men movies here and there, but as a kid, I just... Was a little too too much for me to understand, and I didn't. I wasn't as drawn to the characters, except at the time, Logan himself. So that's why I didn't watch it because he was the only thing that that drew me into it. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not really into it that much. So, mm-hmm. but uh, let's go to question number two. Swinson, three TV shows that you would recommend. All right, one off the bat is The Mandalorian because I'm really picky with my Star Wars stuff. And I thought before the show even came out, this is probably going to flop. I wasn't on board totally with Disney Plus at first. And then I watched one episode and I was instantly hooked. And it wasn't even the Baby Yoda fascination. It was just like, it just is great storytelling. It just It's not even like a Star Wars type thing. It's more of like an indie, a Western movie setting. And I like mm-hmm. that so much. All right. Uh, what about What about you, Peter? 
Oh, one TV show. I'd probably have to go... I know everyone's been like, you know, this has been kind of in the zeitgeist of pop culture recently, but Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh, and everyone's yes. kind of been re-watching that now, but like, both Steve and I like, grew up with that show and when it came out, and so it's it's nice to see it finally getting the love that it's getting, and I don't... I, I think with that, not much really needs to be said about it, since I think most people know about it. I completely it's agree, and it's funny because Avatar Last Airbender is not going to be the, when you just said it, that's not going to be the only time that it's going to be brought up in these questions. Um, what about you, Steven? I'm not, I'm going to preface this by saying I'm not an anime person. I've seen three anime TV shows, but this TV show might be the best TV show I've ever seen, and it's my favorite, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Yes! It's such an insane plot. I want, I watched it three years ago for the first time, and I've watched it two times every year. Like, I just keep going back to it. So, do you, so my, my question, like, to piggyback off of that, do you like Brotherhood more than the regular Full Metal Alchemist? Have, like, uh, yeah, you, I like it more than the O3 version. Got you, got you. All right. I, like that's that's something that, like me and my friends were always discuss. My friends were like, "Oh, the regular is better." I'm like, "Nah, like Brotherhood's like a better retelling of the original." So yeah, follows the manga very well. Um, I realized I forgot to answer question number one, so I'm just gonna throw it out there and then move on to my answer for this one. Um, so question number one, uh, one of my favorite movies, Disturbia with Shia LaBeouf. Um. All right, so number two, if I had to recommend a TV show. Obviously, I'd recommend several. Uh, one of the ones I would, and I'm going to try to keep it a little different than what you guys did, because I would definitely recommend The Mandalorian. But since you said that, I'm going to go with uh, with Mindhunter, um, a Netflix original series. The reason I'm going to recommend that is because I love horror and true crime as well. And I was turned on to this one. There's only two seasons of it right now, but it's amazing. Sorry, I'm trying to think of how to put it. It's very factual. It um, a lot of it, everything that it talks about is completely uh, true. It talks about what these serial killers have done. It's basically about some FBI agents. They specialize in what serial killers like, what drives them to do certain things, what what how to profile them, what they think about um, stuff like that. So, I think it's very interesting because it follows some very notorious and famous uh, serial killers. Is it isn't isn't Ted Bundy in that show too? No, no, it hasn't. It, and I don't know if he's going to be or not, but it's uh, one. I think the biggest one they've had is the Atlantic Monster. However, I would say that uh, I would rec like I said, I'd recommend a lot of shows, a lot of good ones. But on the topic of TV shows, real quick, I would also recommend The Boys, which comes out tomorrow. I don't know if you guys watch that one. Season two comes out tomorrow. I, I actually binged the whole first season because I I remember reading the comic books. And it kind of gave me like a Watchmen type of vibe when I read the comics. So when I watched the first season, I fell in love with it because it, it was legit almost identical to the comic. Almost. But I like what they're doing with the show because they're doing it a little different, which is really, really good. Keeping their originality. What about uh, you, Stephen, Peter? You guys uh, watch The Boys? No, I haven't seen The Boys yet, but I've heard it's good. Uh, no, I have not seen The Boys. Although I do have some friends who watch it and they say it's really, really good. It's very good, especially um, if you want to see what um, a team like the Justice League would be like if they were corrupt and working for the government. Um, yeah. With regards to like deconstructing like superheroes. Yes, and as well as a lot of the characters were actually inspired. The the team, the seven, were actually inspired by the Justice League. Interesting. 
I know I'll, about Homelander and Superman. I know about that comparison. We've also got um, uh, Aquaman in this, and the boys. What is his name? Uh, the Deep. Instead of Aquaman, it is kind of like this guy who has, you know, the ocean ability, and he's he's very made fun of. Uh, kind of like in the how the cartoon was. <laughs> yeah. Everybody thinks he's he's really useless, and uh, how he can only talk to fish and solve crimes that are water related, and uh, a sexual deviant as well. But it's funny because. <laughs> He ends up going through almost a midlife crisis, and then instead of Wonder Woman, uh, what's what's her name? Queen Maeve. Queen Maeve, yes. A Train's supposed to be like this cocky version of Flash. Oh yeah. Oh, and I'm telling you guys, if you just, I recommend watching the first episode. Less than ten minutes in, your mind is going to be blown, and that is not. Uh, that's. I'm not even overselling it, and I'm not underselling it. Your mind is going to be blown within the first ten minutes of episode one. <laughs> outside that everybody has the same reaction and once you see the part that i'm referencing i want i don't even have to say what it is you're gonna know it uh question three if you could have dinner with three actors dead or alive who would they be um if i could have dinner with three famous actors it would probably be morgan freeman jack nicholson and either denzel washington or michael b jordan for sure Oh. Peter? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, dinner with three actors. I would probably have to say The Rock, uh, Hugh Jackman, and then Henry Cavill, so I can talk some Superman with him. Nice, and what about you, Steven? It's funny that you asked this question, because my roommates and I just had this discussion earlier this week. I don't know, three actors that I would want to have dinner with would be Denzel Washington, Samuel L. Jackson, and Hugh Jackman. Oh, Samuel. All right, mine would have to be Robin Williams, uh, Justin Ooh. Long, and Shia LaBeouf. Okay. <laughs> All right, question four. Favorite movie saga slash franchise? Swenson. <sighs> yeah, so if I had to choose, like, if I had to choose a trilogy, it would be the Iron Man movies, just based off of Robert Downey Jr.'s performances in each movie, like, he evolves. Mm -hmm. You get to see the progress of Iron Man as a person at Tony Stark. But if I had to use a franchise, and it wasn't like Marvel-related, it'd, it'd definitely be Harry Potter. All right, cool. No, all right. Nice copycat answer. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> all right, what about you, Peter? Uh, my favorite f movie franchise, I mean, it's got to be Star Wars. I mean, just Star Wars as a whole, as a franchise, absolutely love. However... If I just had to say one trilogy, I would go with Lord of the Rings. Uh, but what about you, Steven? Uh, I'd have to go with the Batman DC franchise. All like all, all Batman's. Batman all Batman. That's a pretty. That's, a, that's a, uh, an out of the box uh, answer. That's really cool. I like that. Now, um, real quick, um, I had a Batman episode a while ago, which Swinson w uh, also was on. How do you feel about George Clooney's Batman, uh, Batman and Robin? I don't refer to him as Batman. I think George Clooney on nipple suit. Really? Because I, like, I'm going to say this. I love it purely for nostalgic reasons, and it makes me laugh every time I watch it, especially the fact that he pulls out a credit card that has Batman on it. But for me, the way you, you feel about that, I hate... Um, Val Kilmer? Val Kilmer. I hate Val. He was the tackiest Batman Ever. He was the butt of our book there in our podcast. 
Yeah, yeah, we really um, laid it on him. I hope he doesn't listen to the podcast because he probably (laughs) cried after what we said. All right, question five. Um, All-time favorite sequel? Swinson. Um, So my favorite sequel would be Harry Potter 3, Prisoner of Azkaban, because I feel like that movie, that director, because it was a new director at the time for the Harry Potter series, he set the tone for the rest of the sequels with that movie. Like, if you watch the first two, they're kind of, like, set for, like, if you're a child, you're going to like it a lot because it's, like, kid issues. But I feel like with the third one, it really, I don't know, it aids the, the, the franchise and set it in a darker tone. All right. All right. What about uh, you, Peter? Favorite sequel would probably have to be the Ultimate Edition of Batman v Superman. That came out, uh, correct me uh, if I'm wrong, March 25th of 2015, or was it the 26th? 2016. 2016. But it, was it March yeah. 25th? It was March 25th. I remember because yeah. that's my birthday, and I went and saw it on that day. Uh, I knew it was my birthday. I couldn't remember which year it was. And I actually, I loved Batman vs Superman. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was great. And anybody who says they didn't get chills during the trailer when um, he was talking about making Superman bleed is wrong. If they did not, if they say they didn't get chills, <laughs> that was intense, and that's really what sold me on it. What about you, Stephen? You know. My favorite movie is a sequel, The Dark Knight. I knew that answer was going to come up, uh, at least with someone. Oh, no, I completely agree. We were talking about it earlier, and I was like, I know that answer is going to come up again. I just didn't know who it was going to come from. If I had to pick one, it would be uh, semi serious answer, Shrek 2. Actual serious answer, (laughs) uh, Sam Raimi's Spider Man 2. Oh, nice. I'm surprised. Batman Returns with Danny DeVito. Fun fact, in Spider-Man 2, uh, the Sam Raimi one, Tobey Maguire had to stop an actual train. There was no special effects right there. <laughs> so, that's that's your fun fact. You can go have fun with that. Uh, question... Wait, 516, why he's better than Tom Holland? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just like, like, like in... Um, uh, I can't remember which uh, which one. When Captain America was was it Civil War when he was uh, pulling the helicopter? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that was all fake. I mean, like he Chris Chris can't do shit. But Tobey Maguire, he was on a strict <laughs> he was on a strict diet. I, I read I read his workout plan. He he only drank he only drank gasoline that was slightly watered down, and only ate and and only ate. <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. He ate four whole rotisserie chickens every single day, and nothing else. So that's that's all the protein. That's raw strength right there. He stopped and uh, <laughs> stopped a train. Uh, question. You want, to, you want to hear a random fact I found out today? I know this is like off topic, but it's kind of funny. Go ahead. I found this out today. So in the Batman Returns movie with Danny DeVito, um, I found out that every day that they filmed um, in his lair and he had to put on the fat suit and they they were working with live real penguins, he was getting attacked by the penguins every time, every day. (laughs) I'm not surprised. And and Danny DeVito said it was the most scariest but funniest moment of his life. I'm not surprised. Um, I love Danny DeVito and Steven and Peter, by the way. I always have this... this, uh, I'm. I'm not gonna tell you if I'm joking or not because I like to keep let Swenson keep thinking I'm serious. I think Danny DeVito should be the next Captain America, but I love Danny DeVito. 
and my favorite animal is actually a penguin. So obviously, I thought he was awesome as penguin. I'm kind of sad Jonah Hill is not going to be him, but we'll get to that later when we talk about uh, the Batman. All right, question um, six. This should be a good one. A sequel you wished never happened. Oh, wow. Uh, just to kind of keep get the ball rolling, I'll I'll answer that first. Uh, Grown Ups Two. I think Grown Ups Two should have never happened. But is that your answer? Because it was mine. No, not my answer. It was, I was disagreeing with you. Okay. I, I'm trying to think. Because um, you get on that, you, you kind of get in that 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 thought uh, train where you're like, oh, you know, that's a bad sequel. The sequel wasn't as good as the first one. But like when you're thinking that, you don't have, like how often do you really say to yourself they shouldn't have made that movie? You know? Yeah, I can completely agree with you. Like that was like it was bad. Like, but there's two movies I can think of. Like, the sequel wasn't necessary. I'm not saying the movie was bad because I enjoyed them, but the sequel wasn't necessary. It would be like Happy Death Day two, and Zombieland Double Tap. Like, they it wasn't necessary because it wasn't as it wasn't as good as the first one. I'm actually. But I'm not saying. I'm glad I haven't bad. seen Zombieland Double Tap yet because I know that as soon as I watch it, I'm gonna regret it. And I'm not saying they're bad. They're good movies. It's just like they're not as funny as the first one. So it was like, I don't know why they made another one, especially Happy Death Day 2. What about uh, you, Peter? Oh, man, this is hard. I've been thinking because... <laughs> if if, if, Steven, if you have one ready, uh, you know, you can feel free to go while he's thinking. I'm going to go ahead and say all the Transformers movies... <laughs> Oh, Michael Bay directed after the third one. After the third one. Yeah. Look, I would say this. I'm a huge. Tra- after the second one, you can make an argument that they don't need to exist anymore. So the Transformers movies are one of my favorite sagas, and I will defend them no matter how shitty I know they are till the day I die. <laughs> um, I actually, I'm not going to get into it right now because I, in the future, I have an episode planned for that. I just need somebody who, somebody else who also has extensive knowledge on it. But I'm going to say one of the most pointless fucking things in the entire saga is that every movie there seems to be some new fucking artifact that controls the or controls creates can destroy the universe and i'm like well where was the thought process on this why is it that in the first movie that was cool it was all about the cube and now it's the fucking matrix uh, and then the Excalibur's sword, Excalibur's sword. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, or King Arthur's sword and stuff. And then now it's um, what did they call it? Transformi- uh, Transformium or uh, whatever. And I'm like, dude, there's always something. There's always fucking something new. And I was like, it's ridiculous. It's like it's. I'm like, every movie that came out, I was after I left the movie, I said to myself, it's getting harder and harder to defend these movies. That one was really bad. That was the, that was their excuse of tying all the movies together. Like, yeah, Sam Witwicky is related to Arthur, so it's like everybody is related to Arthur can pull. Dude, this I know. I was like, is that? Fu- yeah. I was like, that's your fucking cameo for for fucking Shia LaBeouf. I was okay. like, blood, sweat, and tears from Shia, and you just give him a fucking picture and say he's related to King Arthur. Oh, and then, bro, honestly, I forgot about that picture in, in Transformers One because they kind of looked like his mugshot from Disturbia. I had to really like ah. did that. And it's not, it's, it, it's no surprise that after Michael Bay <laughs> stepped aside that it actually, because here's a fun fact, every Transformers movie, um, except for Bumblebee, had a failing audience and uh, audience and critic score, except for the first Transformers movie, but 
it only had a passing audience score. So interesting. Now, um, I know somebody said that they would uh, like to have Dwayne. And I'm pretty sure it was you, Peter. You said you'd like yeah. to have Dwayne Johnson for dinner. Um, the day I stopped defending the Transformers movies is the day they put Dwayne Johnson in a Transformers movie. I was, I love Dwayne Johnson. Don't get me wrong, but I don't fucking need him in Transformers. I was like, I, I, I had to hold my. I held my breath when they put in uh, John Cena. You already put Mark Wahlberg in. You already put fucking uh, John Cena in. Next, they're going to fu- try to fucking throw uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Idris Elba. I'm like, I, I guarantee you that's the way it would have gone if if, if, uh, if Michael Bay was still doing him. Fast and Furious crossover. Oh, God, yeah. Like the fa- I can- Fast and Furious fucking 12. Uh, crossover with the Transformers. It's not fucking surprising. There was, yeah. I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of glad that stuff's dying down. <laughs> that's, a, that's another sequel I can, I can agree with. Like every Fast and Furious movie after seven is just like unnecessary. Like they're not that good. Really, I, I feel, I, I feel I like every, every. I feel like I all of them after. Blew, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, uh, Hobbs and Shaw blew my expectations, but other than that, like Fast and Furious Eight wasn't that good, and I'm not, I'm not really excited about Nine and Ten coming out. Peter, did you, uh, did you have an answer for yes, your sequel? I figured out what I was going. So it's not technically like a direct sequel of Suicide Squad, but Birds of Prey. Oh, really? I haven't. That's the only one I haven't seen yet. Was Birds that, of Prey? That, like, I love Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn and everything. I think she's great. She's like one of my favorite actresses. But like, just the whole direction that they took with that movie—it's just like a side story. The way they handled Cassandra Cain's character is like really, honestly, in my opinion, disrespectful to the, her comic book counterpart. I mean, Stephen can rant on this for pages. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to get, uh, when it comes time to talk about these, uh, when we talk, because what we're going to be talking about today is is only the live action, I'm sorry, the the trailers for the movies coming out. We can touch up on the game as well, but I really um, want to get us talking about the movies, and we'll get a chance to shit on the old Suicide Squad as well. Um, question seven. Worst movie you saw in the theater? I'll uh, start with this one. The Witch. Hated it. You hated The Witch? Hated the witch, dude. I don't know what it was. It just—I don't know if it was my friend because he fell asleep next to me, but I was like, I didn't blame him, dude. I—I—I I, I hated it. Philip the goat was the only cool thing about the movie. Mm. All right, what about you guys? I can tell you right off the bat. I'm trying to remember the name of it. Uh, I want—I think the movie's called Her with Jennifer Lawrence. No, Mother, Mother. That was the worst oh. film I ever conceived. I it's I walked out of theaters twice trying to watch that movie. Like I walked out the first thirty minutes the first time because I was bored, and then the second time, my second attempt of trying to watch this movie, I didn't. I got like three three ways out of it, and I just walked. Oh, it's just horrible. It's boring. Jen, I can tell that Jennifer Lawrence only did this movie for a big paycheck. The plot doesn't make any sense. It's just really and it's really weird. All right, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. You're completely inside. I'm glad I haven't watched watched that one either, because I know I probably would uh, would definitely feel the same. I think that I, I, I think the reason I didn't watch that one was because I was getting. I love Jennifer Lawrence, but I was really kind of getting too much of her. So. Yeah, I yeah, that's honestly how I feel too. Like that that was definitely like I was getting a fatigue, like an exhaustion, because she was putting out movie after movie after movie after movie. What about just, you, Peter? I don't know. 
Okay, uh, I would have to say Justice League back in 2017. Okay. Came out like we saw it the weekend of my birthday. So my birthday is on November 14th, and so it, we went to see it see it that weekend, excited, and well, we all know how the final product turned out. Yeah. Josh, definitely gonna be. De- definitely going to be talking shit about that. Uh, we're saying that's going to be that's going to be our last part we're talking about today uh, before the game before the quiz game. We're we're going to be because uh, I know that's going to have the most opinionated. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's another not- person on the podcast that we hate, Josh Whedon. <laughs> what about uh, you, Stephen? Worst movie I ever saw in theaters was Suicide Squad. I see. Okay, so Suicide Squad would be my number two. I can't make it my number one though because that was the first movie my wife and I went and saw in theater <laughs> to, uh, together. That makes sense right there. So, I, so that's why I can't put it as, as number one. I had high expectations though. I, I went in with high hopes, man. And um, even uh, right before it came out for Halloween, I'm the Jared Leto Joker. Uh, there was only two pictures of him that had been released, and I used those two pictures to to make myself look as much like him for Halloween as I could. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I can't, I can't say that it's one of my favorites at all. Yeah, no, that movie was not that great. I tried to fall asleep in the movie. <laughs> I tried to. I, I, I was unsuccessful. You're like, any, anything to so, make this go faster. <laughs> yeah, I was so done with the movie. I'm like, this, this is really dumb. God. And, and not entertaining at all. What, a, let's see, question eight. We're almost done. A live action adaptation you wish didn't exist. Oh, this is gonna be easy. <laughs> a live action I wish didn't exist. Now wait, just a quick question. Is anybody else here thinking about a particular movie from M. Night Shyamalan? Yes. <laughs> Alright, so that's that's mine too, so we can go ahead and say it. you can go ahead and say it. Uh, the last airbender. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. I remember yeah. not watching it forever, and I remember te- texting you, Swenson. I said, "Hey, I'm about to watch the Shyamalan's The Last Airbender." Yeah, you told yeah, me. Told- you told me not to, but I have to, dude. I have to watch bad movies. Um, but honestly, I like doing bad reviews as much as I like doing good reviews. But it was so bad that is one of the only movies that I have not actually sat all the way through. I stopped watching it about two thirds of the way, and I said, "Can't even do a review because I didn't finish it." I was like. I've done a review over a movie I did I, I I didn't finish before, but this one was so bad, and I was just, God, dude, that little no, kid. That, the, the, my I probably the most hated movie I ever seen. Like I hate that movie. Like if I can if I can go back time and stop something from being created, it would have been that. You know those kids. Those that, kids had that, prompt. Those kids had a future in acting until M Night Shyamalan did what he did, and now they're never going to be recasted. <laughs> That movie, that's not even the whole whitewashing, whitewashing the characters. I don't even care about that. That movie ruined so much shit. I didn't get my season four of Last Airbender. Nickelodeon <laughs> cut the budget on Legend of Korra because of how bad that movie was. Like, no, if it wasn't for that movie, there'd probably be like six seasons of The Last Avatar. I'm going to say that this. Movie is so bad, that's why they canceled the fourth season. I truly think that a crazy fan got a hold of M. Night Shyamalan, broke into his house, held him hostage at gunpoint, and said, <laughs> and said, I love the Avatar so much, and I love you so much, and I need you to make a live action of it. 
or I'm gonna kill your whole family. And M. Night Shyamalan obviously gave in. <laughs> the only the only two people from that movie that I know had acting gigs after that movie was the guy who played Zuko. He was in Slumdog Millionaire. And then the main antagonist, um, he was in um, that Zombielands uh, spinoff show. Hmm. Other than that, nobody's had an acting job since that movie. All right. And what about you, Steven? I'm going to... I'm going to have to go with, oh, shoot, this is tough. Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief. Oh, That's okay. Franchise. I liked the first one, but I didn't like the, I hated the second one. Uh, the first one was missing a lot from the book, obviously, but I thought it was decent. The second one I thought was completely unnecessary. So when I, when I first watched the movie before I ever read the book, that's what got me into the book because I enjoyed the movie. But then I read the book, and then I watched the movie again, and it was awful. Yeah, they, they completely, like, left out. Like, they tried to throw in, uh, what is it, the bully of the camp? I can't remember her name. I read these in middle school. But they threw her in. They, they She was a, an important part of the first book. They okay. left her out of the first movie and then threw her into the second movie like like nothing had happened. Yeah. My, uh, my honorable mention, by the way, for... Um, Live action adaptation that shouldn't exist. Woody the Woodpecker. Never seen it. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> I heard. I heard people. People have the same opinion about the Yogi Yogi the Bear um, live action. Okay, adaptation. don't talk shit about Yogi the Bear because that one was a pretty. That was a pretty <laughs> decent one. No, I just people hold that in the same regard as Woody Woody Woodpecker's live action. I'm like, they, I everybody tells me to stare clear of it, but I haven't seen it yet. No, I'm not going to just automatically jump on the bandwagon. You know, it's almost impossible for somebody to assume that this episode is about the uh, the DC fandom with what the fuck we're talking about. I know. <laughs> all right. Just talking all this stuff, and it's great. <laughs> question nine. Alive, or after this, we got one more question. And the only reason it's taking so long is because there's four of us answering these questions. Uh, a live adaptation you wish did exist. I will say mine is The Iron Giant. I know you, uh, some people might be thinking, no, that shouldn't exist, they'll mess it up. But think of it like this. A live-action adaptation that you wish did exist and that was done the right way. I really don't have one. Because, honestly, like everything that I want to be made live-action has been made live-action. Unless we're talking about like superheroes that we want to come on the big screen soon, that'd be different. I mean, yeah. Like, okay, what about a superhero you want to see uh, become be portrayed live-action? <laughs> Well, I wanted Namor to become live action, which I felt like they were getting ready to do with Black Panther 2, but I don't know what's going to happen now with the recent passing of Chadwick Boseman. I don't know what their direction is going to be now with that movie, or if they're even going to still do it. I'm going to say I hate this thing that's going around saying they're demanding Marvel, saying you will not recast Black Panther. Okay, so I agree with that. Marvel shouldn't recast but saying you will bring back Killmonger, you will make yeah. him good and make him Black yeah. Panther. I said, dude, dude, I was like, that's just because you want to see Michael B. Jordan now. I was like, yeah, he did great, but Michael B. Jordan is not meant to be Black Panther. I was like, Shuri should be Black Panther. Yeah, no, I, I heard that argument too, and people are only saying this because they found out recently that Killmonger comes back to life in the comics, but he's not an anti-hero. Like, he's bad all the way through. 
in the comics. It would make no so, sense for his story arc. Like, that would completely ruin it. And I think I Kevin Feige's smarter than that, too. There's rumor that they have a lot of, like, archived, un, unused, like, scenes with Chadwick Bosman that they could make a Black Panther 2 with just DG, uh, CGI. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, with, uh, with Carrie Fisher but, and uh, Paul... Yeah, and like Paul, Paul Walker. Walker. They said they might do a Paul Walker thing if they really are still on board with doing it. And Ryan Coogler said he'd be fine with directing that 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 project. But I I don't know. You think that they're going to listen to you just because you told them oh. not to do something? Oh, exactly. And then there's like there's like I want to say like fifty thousand people that started a petition on Twitter the other day about like oh if you recast Black Panther we want we want John David Washington to play play a reincarnated Black Panther right now. I'm like, yeah, you really think that this petition is going to force Marvel? Like, we need to get Denzel's son right now. Could you imagine right? when uh, the 1989 Batman with Michael Keaton uh, first premiered and somebody wrote into Warner Brothers saying, you will not recast Batman. <laughs> <laughs> and here here we are uh, 31 years later with like, with with uh, with almost a dozen Batman. <laughs> hey, Maybe that's what Warner Brothers did because apparently people, some people didn't like Tim Burton as a director, so maybe they wrote in like, "You will not have Tim Burton be the director anymore." And that's the, or that's the reason why we had a shitty Batman three. And then everybody's like, everybody's like, "You will use Jared Leto to play the Joker again." <laughs> they just—that's what production companies do. They just—they—they—they—they they, they, they look at the fan mail. They're like, "We're going to do the opposite of what everyone wants." We're going to do the opposite where everyone says, "Oh, they like this Joker. We're going to use a different Joker." <laughs> Uh, what about you, Peter and Steven? What about uh, any live-action adaptations or portrayals? If you, I, I know that this isn't technically like an, necessarily an adaptation of anything, but I love Greek mythology, and I feel like a Peter Jackson, Lord of the Rings-esque type. Hello? Peter Jackson? Yeah, Peter Jackson. Oh, like the director, never Yeah, mind. the director. My mind went Percy Jackson. Yeah, me too. I was, I was like, <laughs> why does Peter Jackson sound familiar? <laughs> Yeah, so like something like in the vein of like the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings type movies, where like he really expanded on like and really presented like Greek mythology as like basically, I guess you could say, as like kind of just like epics, I guess, I guess I could say, kind of basically just how like Lord of the Rings is. I think that would be really, really cool. Have you? definitely do that project he, he he probably could definitely do a better a better adaptation of um, hercules than the dwayne johnson one i got oh yeah <laughs> that, what about true. what about you steven i really can't think of anything that i would want an adaptation for right, that's no problem we can go to uh question 10 i have another one a better no it's too late it's too late you already answered all right <laughs> question <laughs> Question ten. Favorite streaming service. I'm gonna admit that's the hardest one that I that I wrote because I that's the only one I couldn't even write my own answer for. Cause um I think I think all streaming services bring their own uniqueness. But if you had to, if you could if you could only use one streaming service for the rest of your life, if you had to pick one that and you couldn't use any of the others, what would it be? Netflix. I have to say Netflix just because ah oh shit. Actually, it's either I would say Shutter, but you can't get anything but horror on Shutter. And if I wanted a break, I'd have to do Netflix. So Netflix is my answer. I have to go with HBO Max. I want to. I wanted to say HBO Max too, but right now I'm not just because all the new stuff isn't on there yet. 
Oh, so I know who's signing up for a 30-day free subscription. Uh, I already already did that. <laughs> I have to make I have to get another credit card to make another email. What about you, uh, Peter? Yeah, for for me, I would definitely be HBO Max. I I mean I I've been using HBO Max, but I think it's got some great movies. Um, I just think for me, Netflix has really got it on the binge watching and the 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 series, uh -huh. the TV shows um, that are worth binge watching. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for me, obviously, it, HBO Max is the streaming service that's going to have the smatter cut on it. I mean, they have like basically all like DC. I mean, not yet, obviously, because um, there's still, like, different licensing agreements and different things that they have to work out. But, like, they, like basically, I mean, in the future, hopefully, in, you know, um, not too, you know, not too far in the future, they will have, like, basically all DC content, whether live action or animated. You know, they'll have Lord of the Rings, Friends. I mean, they'll have Game of Thrones. I feel like HBO, like, the uh, library that... Warner Bros. has access to is limitless enormous. on this. Yeah, it's that and now what Disney has access to now that they have 20th Century, well now called Studios and uh, mm -hmm. many other ones, it's it's insane. And the only thing that, Net, the only way Netflix, let's, let's be honest, Hulu is nowhere in the head of it. Netflix though, the only reason it's keeping up is because it is buying pre-made movies and slap uh, it's making some of its own, but it's buying pre-made movies and that nobody could get uh, production for or uh, uh, help to push it out, and it's just slapping its its label on there and calling it a Netflix original. And that's where they're like, you're not going to get these anywhere else. Like, you're not going to get get these Netflix movies off of any other streaming service. And that's the only reason Netflix is still in it. All right, so let's uh, go ahead and move on with our episode today, talking about what happened at DC Phantom. Uh, we're, we're going to be focusing on the, n the new movies that are going to be dropping. And uh, the reason why Steven and Peter are here is because based off of the episodes I've listened to them with Phantom Rant Radio, they have some real extensive knowledge on DC, DCEU, Warner Brothers, uh, more, than, more than I have. And I'm being honest when I say that. I like to put, I like to put my efforts more into horror movies. These guys put theirs into... Uh, uh, DC, and so it's awesome that they're going to be here to talk uh, with us about these. So let's start off with uh, Wonder Woman 1984. What do you guys? Uh, I'm just going to say this real quick. I'm fucking excited that Kristen Wiig is playing Cheetah. Really? Oh, oh yeah. I love Kristen Wiig. I think she's a uh, she's a great actress, and I did not expect her before it was. It came out that she was Cheetah. I was like really surprised, and I love the way that she looked in that trailer. See, I was skeptical of her because I liked her too as an actress, but like the stuff that she's done prior to this, I didn't know if I could take her serious in this role. And then after seeing the trailer, I'm like, okay, you got me. She looks good. I'm invested. Yeah, with regards to like, I haven't. I don't think I've seen Chris Wink in really anything else. Martian. Is she in The Martian? Mm -hmm. Okay, so I guess I have seen her in something. But, um, like, I think with regards to her playing Cheetah, just Cheetah in general, like, that character is very difficult to adapt in terms of the look when it comes to live action. Because, I mean, obviously we had the whole debacle with cats and everything, so that puts even more skepticism um, there. Right. But, like, you know, I mean, Cheetah, it's, like, that character, it's much easier to... Uh, put that in comics and animation, but 
when it comes to live actions, like, oh, shoot, like, where do you draw the line with, like, CGI and practical effects and things like that, and how do you go about that? And I think Patty Jenkins went about this in a really good way because she um, she said that Cheetah's design was a basically a mix of practical effects and CGI. That's good. Was definitely good instead of just going full-on CGI like Cats did. But, yeah, at the end of the trailer, when she was scaling that wall and Wonder Woman <laughs> pull, pulled her back, that's what really caught me that... That was that's that's a fight I'm gonna want to see. But how, when it comes to Wonder Woman in general, how do you guys feel about how Wonder Woman, how Gal Gadot is as Wonder Woman in the DCEU? Because personally, I think um, I loved I loved her movie. I thought she had one of the best uh, solo movies. As Swenson knows, um, I will argue a lot that I think as much as I love uh, the MCU more than the DCEU, I think the DCEU has better solo movies than Marvel does. Um, I'm sorry, not all of Marvel, but the MCU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I mean, for me, I, I think Gal Gadot is, like, amazingly cast as Wonder Woman. I know, like, Zack Snyder cast her in the role in BVS. And fun fact, Gal Gadot was actually considering quitting acting before she was cast as Wonder Woman because she wasn't really getting any roles. But then, I, I guess, like, just any person getting cast in a superhero nowadays, like, that gives you major clout. And then on top of that, being, like, the most iconic female comic book character. Um, And so, obviously, like, everyone knows Gal Gadot now, and she's, I guess, in terms of her name, she's, like, an A-list actor now. Um, But, like, I I think she does a great, great job in the role. Um, I'm excited to see what, um, what she and Patty Jenkins have cooked up for us in the sequel. My one... Um... I guess you could say a uh, reservation about Wonder Woman 84 is that um, it was made during a time when Warner Bros. was trying to lighten up the DCEU and just make everything lighthearted and bright just for the sake of it, because that's what people were complaining about. They were complaining that, oh, DC movies are too dark, DC movies aren't fun enough, and which, I mean, really isn't like a valid complaint of a movie, but like that's what the complaint was, and so it was made during that time. Uh, and then it was also... Uh, co-written by Jeff Johns so if you don't know who Jeff Johns is he is a great great comic book writer um, but he kind of screwed the pooch when it comes to the DCEU he was appointed as chief creative officer of the DCEU uh, between 2016 and 2017 Um, and so he's fired now and everything so he's not in that position anymore after the debacle that was Justice League but basically he co-wrote that movie and was basically very much trying to move the DCEU into a very light-hearted, quote-unquote, accelerated hope and optimism direction. So I wish I was a little more excited for Wonder Woman 84, but I'm not quite as excited as I like wish I was. You can definitely tell it's taken. It's still taking that light-hearted approach. Um, I think because now that they're bringing the Snyder Cut, um, which we're not on the Snyder Cut yet, but now that, now that they're bringing it, you can tell it's it's bringing back Zack Snyder's dark uh, dark and grittiness to the to the DCU that the DCU should be. If you want lightheartedness, you know, go to Marvel. Watch almost any Marvel movie, um, because the DC is is Detective Comics. You know, it's it's what it's always been gr- been dark and gloomy. Even the Batman cartoons have always been dark. They weren't campy. Like for example, let's just say. Um, let's just say before all these movies came out, who was the most who was the most known uh, DC superhero? Batman. 
Right. I, I would I would say Batman, but Superman as well. You're right. I think I think uh, Superman, Batman were both the most well known. Batman was probably the favorite, the more of the favorite. But there's always that that battle between like who really is the favorite. But now, most most known um, Marvel uh, before the movies, most known Marvel character in the comics, most popular. Spider-Man. Exactly. So Spider Man. If you even just look at the comics, Batman comics are very different than Spider Man comics. Just like the DC movies are vastly different than the uh, Marvel movies today in terms of uh, themes. Where and I agree. I definitely think now. I think Wonder Woman. Um, I think if anybody had to be uh, kind of a little lighthearted, if anybody has, if anybody's solo movie had to be lighthearted. I would say I'm glad it's Wonder Woman's and not somebody else's, um, because I'm gonna be honest, I didn't like Aquaman. What were some things that uh, you didn't really like about it? <laughs> um, so I will say I I love I loved the colors, I loved the camera work, I thought I thought the 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 imagery, the CGI, all of it, I thought it was amazing. The movie looked beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, I just did when when watching it. I thought the story was good in the beginning. I, th- I liked the way it was going. But if you compare it to, like, Man of Steel, I feel like it should have... I feel like it should have been... Uh, I, sh- I feel like the theme should have been more like Man of Steel. Um, I just didn't like... I think it's probably where the story was going. See, and I, I agree with you. I liked it, but I didn't... There's parts I didn't like about it, because um, I didn't like... The way that Amber Hard Amber Heard's character was in that movie, I really feel like she was trying too hard to be a damsel in distress and a badass at the same time. Like you can't, you just gotta pick one. I liked and the villain. I, I'll say I liked, I liked the, I loved the villain. Um, I didn't, and that's the thing too. Like I, Black Manta is one of my favorite villains from the DC universe, and I feel like they didn't give him more screen time. Like, and I feel like they could have done a lot. Black Manta, and I know like the ending of the movie, same thing. That obviously he's gonna return, but like I feel like they could have done so much more with Black Manta in that movie. Oh, dude, a lot of why movies don't do as well as they could today is because they don't they don't utilize their villains well enough. I think that they're setting him up to be the main villain for the second film. Mm. So, just getting a little into what they talked about in the panel, they didn't talk too much about uh, Aquaman two the DC fandom panel, but James Wan did mention it would be darker and it would be more realistic and would take on more like today's relevant issues. So uh, that was, uh, you just said, you, you just said James Wan. That's another reason I went into the movie very skeptical because I love James Wan for his horror movies. Uh, yeah. Huge horror movie fan, guys. Like James Wan, he's, he's one of my favorites when it comes to that genre. So when I saw he did Aquaman, I was like, and then I saw how Aquaman came out. Like, I was just like, this is completely different than the James Wan I'm used to, but I'm not upset about it. But it was just the story as, as the story pushed forward. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but I feel like Aquaman was very much kind of like a popcorn flick. Like it didn't deal with like those big themes. Like you kind of mentioned like Man of Steel did and, and things like that, or even like I guess you could say Wonder Woman did. So, like, yes, kind of like, like oh, it's a it's a fun movie, it's it's enjoyable, but like I don't think it has like that big rewatchability factor. I also think it's because of who Aquaman is in general, because Aquaman is, and I, I hate to say this, you know, it's not nothing to do with Jason Momoa, but Aquaman is not that. 
he's not the most imp- he's not the most important person in the Justice League, you know? Uh, like Superman, that's an interesting story to watch. Man of Steel, that's a great story to watch. But I mean, and I hate to shit on Aquaman. If you were to give me all, if you were to give me a line, every every member that's that's in the current Justice League and the DCU, and if they each had an had the best solo movie that they could have, and you told me to pick uh, which order I want to watch them or what I want to watch first, Aquaman's I'm sorry, Aquaman's would be the last one. <laughs> I, it's just he. I mean, Jason Momoa does great, but it's just he's not. It's Aquaman's not an interesting enough character for me. I've I, I've had it with the people who can control the ocean or you know, talk to fish. That makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I know I joke. I know I joke a lot, but in in reality, Jason Momoa is actually probably the only interesting aspect of Aquaman right now to me. Yeah, imagine if someone else other than Jason Momoa was Aquaman. Like you can't make jokes about Aquaman if you look at Jason Momoa. It's yeah, that's true. So and about any other actor, you can make those jokes. <laughs> oh man, uh, I would say uh, I think Jason Momoa. Another, I think another role he would absolutely destroy would be Craven if he had if Sony gave him his own so, uh, solo uh, villain movie. Mm. I know they're looking at doing a bunch of Spider-Verse type films, so we'll see what happens. Ever I mean ever since I saw Cray ever since I'm sorry, ever since Jason Momoa moved on from Game of Thrones, that's all I could see is who could portray, who could even possibly come close to portraying Craven. It's like how all the fans uh, wanted and this is actually the next topic we're getting into. Black Adam. All the fans wanted Dwayne Johnson to play Black Adam. Uh, I'm one of the fans that wants nobody except Jason Momoa to play Craven. <laughs> but I, I, I see it. But, uh, let's go ahead and move on to Black Adam. So, how excited were you guys when you saw uh, when you saw that teaser? And um, do you guys follow Boss Logic on Instagram? Yeah. Yeah. See, uh-huh. so I've been yeah, I've been following Boss Logic for for a while, and I thought it was awesome that he's 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 teaming up, and he was uh, responsible for that artwork. I thought that was great. Yeah, he and Jim Lee uh, worked together on that, and that was super cool to see. It was super cool to watch all the artwork and the way it was portrayed. Yeah, and he was still sitting. He. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying he. Uh, uh, and The Rock, you know, The Rock was saying he wishes he could give us more because that's what I was hoping for. Um, sadly, mm-hmm. I think it, it was just announced that he he uh, contracted uh, COVID. So I know that that's probably going to p- uh, definitely put a delay on things for a little bit. I believe he he uh, is basically announcing that kind of like when he and family is coming out of it. Okay. So he's had it for a little while and didn't announce anything until now. And I think they're mostly in the clear but yeah he did have covid okay so. well then yeah so, but that, that is a good thing though that he's pretty much like recovered now oh de- definitely especially um i i love the teaser man how he says uh that the uh the hierarchy of power is about to change and how he calls out every superhero <laughs> like that's that's not even a black adam thing that is that is a dwayne johnson thing right yeah. there now yeah if you follow the uh the rock on instagram or anything yeah he uh, Every single Black Adam post that you'll, every single Black Adam related post that you see him post, it has that little tagline: "The hierarchy of power in the DC universe is about to change." Oh yeah, I'm on, <laughs> I'm on there right now, and 
They, I mean, completely accurate. I'm looking right now. Before this one says, before the Justice League was formed, the original Golden Superhero Team of DC Comics was uh, JSA, Justice Society of America. And then he lists them all, and uh, Truth, Justice, and the Black Adam way. And then uh, let's see this one. Uh, You've waited long enough, as I have thousands of years to be exact. The hierarchy of power in the DC universe is about to change. It's great. Because who else could you imagine playing playing uh, somebody as serious as Black Adam like that? Nobody. Nobody. He looks like he just came out of the comic book page. Yeah. Play Black Adam. Yeah, it's a, and you got to think, like, what The Rock has done. Like, if you obviously, like, ever listen to his stories that that he tells how he started off what he's worked to accomplish that is crazy you know because who knew like back when he was doing back when he was in wwe who who knew that he was going to be this big not even just a big powerhouse actor but playing playing black adam and changing the hierarchy of the dc universe that's part of the reason why like i mean we mentioned like during our uh uh, like one of the ten questions was like, which actor would you want to like sit down with? And one of the three that I listed was Dwayne Johnson because he started off like basically after getting his dreams of playing like in the NFL, like dashed. He had like seven bucks in his pocket. Yeah. And so I think one of those quotes is like, I knew like I knew two things, and he's like, one that I'm broke right now, and two that eventually I won't be. And so like. It's kind of like an inspirational story. Uh, and, I mean, who knows? Maybe he could channel some of that into, like, just kind of like the hardships that he's been through into kind of like, you know, Black Adam, the movie. Uh, and, like, just his portrayal of the character. Because, obviously, we kind of know with The Rock, you know, him being, like, the mega box office star that he is, that, you know, he's very much, like, trying to appeal to the widest audience possible trying to bring in as much money as possible appeal to the whole family so like i really would like to see him have like play like in like a dark character and black adam be like a fairly dark and serious movie um because that's kind of like who black adam is and the rock like i mean obviously for most iconic actors you have like that one iconic role that they play but the rock really doesn't have that yet and so it'll be interesting to see does Black Adam end up being that role for him? And you can tell, I, I completely agree, he doesn't have that one iconic role that he's known for, but you can tell it's not even from lack of trying. He tries his hardest in every role that he gets because he wants that role to be iconic and he wants that role to be associated with, well, nobody else should play this except The Rock. But now okay. is his opportunity to do that, and I think he's he's seized that opportunity. Yeah, he's been waiting for like over a decade to play this character. Yeah, and so. once Shazam came out, everybody was saying that, oh, you know, we want The Rock to play, because they haven't even announced it that it was him. Yeah. What about uh, you, Steven? I am optimistic for this movie. I do know that because The Rock likes to make his movies so that everyone can watch them, that it might not be as dark as it should be. Because Black Adam, you know, he's not a very nice character. He's not morally upstanding he's gonna do whatever he feels is right whether that making an example by crushing a guy's you know skull with his hand yeah i don't know how much the rock's gonna bring that versus he's gonna answer to the box office numbers 
but I'm excited to see. I'm optimistic. Uh, I'm really intrigued to see who they bring in for the JSA. They are they announced their casting, uh, the, the characters and that uh, the the art that they had going with uh, Adam Smasher, Hawkman, Cyclone, and Doctor Fate. Yeah. And we already know one guy, Adam Smasher, being played by Noah. Santiana? I can't pronounce his name. Yeah, I'm, I'm optimistic for it. Question, though. Do you guys think that The Rock is Black Adam will be the first ever actor who won't need a padded suit? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he's not going to need it. I, they might use some CGI to tighten it in certain areas, but I think that's all going to be him. They're going to try to put him on a workout plan, and he's like, no, we're gonna. I'm going to stick to my workout. Uh -huh. Alright, what about the Suicide Squad? So, you know, we can talk shit about... The original Suicide Squad. Now, we'll say, I'll say, you know, the Suicide Squad, James Gunn has come out and said that uh, he's neither calling it a, a reboot or a, or a direct sequel. He's calling it, quote-unquote, it is what it is. Um, he says it's supposed to feel like a 1970s war movie. But now here's the question. what What is the, to what is the time setting of this movie? I'm assuming it's taking place after the Suicide Squad of 2016. Okay. It's more of a soft reboot type. Because it's got, it still has, obviously, uh, uh, Boom, Captain, same character playing Captain Boomerang and, and Harley okay. Quinn. Jai Courtney, Margot Robbie, mm -hmm. and Viola Davis as Amanda Waller. They got the, the same guy for Rick Flag. What's exciting is James Gunn's brother, Sean Gunn, is also playing in it. Yeah, he's always somebody. Yeah, no, it's a, a weasel. Yeah, because uh, I yeah. uh, uh, obviously he was also um, he was also in Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, fun fact: James Gunn. Did you know James Gunn helped out with the live Scooby Doo movies, the live action Scooby Doo movies? Really? Yeah. I know that. The screenplay. He wrote the story for Scooby Doo. Okay, gotcha. That, that's why Scooby Doo is awesome. Now, yeah, initially I was skeptical about this movie. Kind of like I mentioned with Wonder Woman 84, this movie was made during a time when Warner Bros. was intended to trying to lighten up the DCEA and trying to make the DCEA more like the MCU. And, I mean, what better way to do that than to bring in one of the best MCU directors? And so, like, initially I definitely was skeptic. I was like, okay, are they just, just basically just going to be like Guardians of the Galaxy or something? Which I do, I really do like Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. But, like, I just don't want another rehash in the DC universe of that movie. And so, but, like, after watching, like, that little sneak peek that they had and watching them kind of, like, explain kind of what the movie was about and James Gunn uh, talking and all that, I'm actually kind of looking forward to this movie. I think it'll be really interesting. He said this won't be, like, any comic book movie ever. Um, there have been audience screenings and stuff, like, test screenings, and apparently I, was, I saw some of them, like, just today in terms of, like, just, like, reactions, and some people are calling it James Gunn's masterpiece. So who knows? Like James Gunn said, like I think this is gonna have like more practical effect shots than like any like all MCU movies or something like that. And and like he said, this is the most fun he's ever had making a movie. So well, if there's anybody uh, who can bring a band of misfits together and create a story off of that and direct it in the right way, it, it's it is James Gunn. Ban a band of misfits, Scooby Doo. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Suicide Squad. You gotta go to yeah. James Gunn if you got a story like that. <laughs> but, um, what about the cast? Are you guys excited for the cast? Do you have any sort of reservations about it? So, 
excited for the cast. Yeah, I'm excited too. At first, I was kind of like, dang, they couldn't, they dropped the ball of not being able to land Will Smith until I found out that it wasn't Warner Brothers, it was scheduling conflicts with Will Smith. Yeah. That's why, at first, when they casted Ibis Elba, I'm like, they can't recast Will Smith's fucking role. And then James Gunn came in when they replaced the first director. Because I think that was their first direction, was to just have Idris Elba play Deadshot. And then James Gunn's like, no, we're not going to recast that character because I want Will to come back in a later film. So I like that they gave Idris Elba a different character and a character that I honestly forgot about in the DC universe. They refused him any character he asked for. So any character he wanted, they said, you can work with that. Well, of course, and of course, he's going for for the lesser known characters too. That's the kind of guy. That's the type of guy James Gunn is. But what do you guys think about Pete Davidson? He's probably gonna die in the beginning. <laughs> like that one character did in the first Suicide Squad movie. I I don't know. I I actually didn't think. I I was, I was thinking he was actually gonna be like in the whole movie. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Well, apparently he missed. Uh, what was it? Was it the forty fifth premiere of Saturday Night Live? Um, but he mit- he missed. Uh, I think uh, maybe the f- was it the full season or just the premiere? Uh, Pete Davidson wasn't there because he was he was busy the entire time filming for this movie. Huh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was like last season of uh, Saturday Night Live. He missed like the first like four episodes. Well, yeah, I mean, also, if you had to be on Saturday Night Live, maybe they were doing a lot, trying to get a lot of his scenes knocked out first. Um, but you guys have anything else on the Suicide Squad? I'm excited about King Shark. Yes. I feel like he's getting enough clout that he needed thanks to that Harley Quinn TV show, and now he is reaping the rewards. And now the, the, the video game, too. They got Samoa Joe, the WWE wrestler, doing the voice of... Uh, yeah, who do you think... Which King Shark do you think looks better? The video game or the uh, Suicide Squad? I have to say the video game. Personally, I... I mean, we'll see what direction they actually go with King Shark. But I... Personally, I prefer a King Shark that it definitely is, like, more scary. Yeah. And this King Shark looks like James Gunn's banking on kind of his classic... Like, I don't know. I don't want to say that he's kind of making him similar to like Groot but that might kind of be the direction that he's going with this version of King Shark so. yeah I think he de- he definitely looks kind of uh, kind of kid friendly uh, sort of I guess to appeal to a younger a younger audience make him not look as scary but I think the video game one looks a lot better I do like the scene though where he's uh, about to swallow that person whole oh yeah <laughs> alright let's see let's get into the next topic the Batman. Oh, yeah. So. So, I was skeptical. I've been skeptical since the casting. Um, all right, I guess you're going to run this segment then. All right. I'm, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, dude, come I was, back. I was, like, I had mixed mixed opinion on Robert Pattinson at first. And then, like, you, like when we talked about on our Batman podcast a while back with Marie, Marie was uh, telling, telling us and showing me pictures of, like, the leaked pictures of the costume and the Batmobile, and I wasn't impressed at first, but I don't know. I guess the leaks were just fake photos because what I saw in the trailer was 500 times better. No, nah, dude, those were real leaks, and they... Are you, are you kidding, dude? It looked exactly the same as the photos. They looked great. Mm. Well, we're just hating on Robert Pattinson, huh? 
<laughs> yeah. I was like, they look great. It's like my, my wife, I showed her the trailer, and she said, she's like, I cannot imagine Robert Pattinson as anybody except, like, a sparkly vampire. And I, I like Robert Pattinson as an actor. I just didn't, I didn't think that I, I could see him as this role. I didn't think he'd take this role serious, like, oh, he's going to get in shape. I'm like, because I'm used to him being, like, a method actor. And No, so actually, just, fact on that. He refused any workout, uh, any workout regimen. So I can't remember exactly what it was, but the trainer he said he, he's refusing the workout regimens that they were offering him. The trainer just said, okay, but during the COVID restrictions, can you please use? It was some sort of exercise ball or some shit. They asked him to use it. Can't remember what it was, but he refused to do their workouts. I don't even know if he actually worked out or not, but he said that uh, he was eating some sort of. His diet was very strict. He said he. He only ate some sort of tuna with something on top. I'll have to find it. You guys can you can continue while I find exactly what it was. Yeah, so with Robert Pattinson, I was very skeptical because, not on the Batman side, because I think he can play a great Batman, but when I look at him, I can't see Bruce Wayne at all. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, see him uh, as portrayed as Bruce Wayne. Now, do you think this is the same Bruce Wayne? as uh in the joker no i don't think they're connected i hope they're not connected well walter i'm I'm pretty sure walter hamada uh at dc fandom when he was on that multiverse panel with jim lee actually said that like joker is separate the batman is separate like because they're going the whole multiverse route now that's what matt also said that there is no joker in the batman but you know directors do lie to keep the secrecy of their movie but we were watched. Peter and I went with some friends. We watched Tenet last night. I, this is the first time I ever saw him as Bruce Wayne. Was one scene in Tenet where he was he was in there and he was dressed fancy and whatever. <laughs> I won't I won't spoil anything. I can't say without spoiling it. But and I'm optimistic for him as Bruce Wayne. I I'm not going to cast judgment yet. But with with Tenet actually, um, and I know you two probably know this. I don't know if you know this or not, Swinson, but. He said um, he actually during during the production of Tenet, he went to go he went to go secretly try out for the role for the Batman. But since Christopher Nolan is doing was doing Tenet, he told Christopher Nolan he tried to lie to him and keep it a secret. He said he had a family emergency. But when he said that, uh, Nolan said to him, he said, "You're going to try out for Batman, aren't you?" Yeah, I I heard about that. Oh, and Nolan is the real detective. He he should be the one playing uh, playing Batman. That's who they wrote the uh, skills about. For uh, the workouts, it says Robert Pattinson revealed in an interview that he refused to work out for his role, but his personal trainer apparently pleaded with him to use I don't know how to pronounce it a uh, Bosu or a Basu ball. A Bosu ball, yeah. During the lockdown, but he's quote unquote barely doing anything. And his meal plan is strictly tuna topped with Tabasco, as well as vanilla protein powder sprinkled on oatmeal. So, because I, I also don't even feel like this is going to be a movie where we see him where we see him shirtless, honestly. Uh, yeah, I think one thing, obviously, he's coming after Ben Affleck's Batman, who is, like, by far the biggest Batman. And so, like... I don't think anyone's actually expecting him to reach that size. I don't know if that's, like, really physically possible for him because he doesn't have that frame. But, like, I think one thing that will work to his advantage is, the like, his suit. Because it's not, like, that traditional 
kind of it's it's like that armored suit so yeah. like it will hide like if he's small or not which will work in his favor i think yeah i, th- I definitely think um he's obviously not gonna have the same build as previous bat uh batman portrayals but i still love the take on it that's what i'm really excited for so i'm gonna say trailer was amazing i had to watch it several times uh-huh. it was it, it was great i think the music for the trailer was very fitting i love that commissioner gordon is being uh portrayed um by an african-american actor i think that's an awesome turn on it um and i think especially with the time setting it's going to add some value uh to the time period that it's set in it's going to add uh, value to the movie as well um I'm super uh, excited. I said, I think I said this earlier. The only thing I'm kind of upset about is that uh, no, no offense against uh, or to Colin Farrell, I would have loved if Jonah Hill was the Penguin. I heard that they went after him, but he asked for way too much money, so oh, of course they said no. Um, I'm trying to find out because the way Co- so Colin Farrell doesn't even look like Colin Farrell. Um, he yeah, actually. I didn't recognize him the first time I walked the trailer. I was expecting him to show up, and he, he didn't show up. I'm like, he looks no, exactly am like I getting an, any Colin Yeah, yeah, he looks exactly like another actor, and I'm trying to look up that actor uh, right now. And when I find it, I'll tell you guys. How do you guys feel about the Riddler and the actor portraying him? Because the last time I saw him, I can't think of his name right now. But the last time Paul I Paul Dano. Yes, Paul Dano. Last time I saw him was in the movie with Hugh Jackman. Uh, oh, and Jake Gyllenhaal, so Prisoners, which yeah. I, I love yeah. that movie. So, I mean, because we can see the Riddler, you can't even see Paul Dano. Like, it's, he's wearing a full suit and a mask. Looks completely different than Jim Carrey. So what? how do you guys feel about that? So, when I, when I watched the trailer the first time, I didn't, like, obviously, like, I was expecting Riddler, but when I first saw it, like, the first, like, 10, 20 seconds of the trailer... I don't know why, but I was like, is Hush going to be in this movie? I thought it was Hush for a second. But by the, it, it, like the dark setting and like him wearing the mask and the tape, I thought it was Hush. I didn't know it was Riddler until like the, like the later half of the trailer. What'd you got, what did you guys think? Uh, what about you guys? What did you guys think about Riddler, uh, Catwoman? I loved Catwoman's costume. Very homemade uh, Zoe Kravitz looks like she stepped out of the pages of Batman Year One. I don't know if you guys have ever read that comic. Comic accurate to that. I'm super excited for Catwoman. Riddler, I'm super excited for him. Uh, I was concerned originally for Commissioner Gordon, just because Jeffrey Wright is kind of older. Yeah. And I always, in my mind, I always think of Commissioner Gordon as being someone who's just like 10 years older than Batman, not like, you know, 20, 30. But in the trailer, he looked he looked fine. Now I'm super excited for that. I think I think the costume, like you said, looks amazing. I love the homemade uh, feeling to it. Um, I think that's going to play really well with uh, her character, um, especially like I said, especially the time setting. They're doing really well with keeping everything kind of accurate to that to that time era. And the fact I love the fact the part of the story revolves around how it's only his second year as Batman and. Um, I don't know if I sound crazy when I say this, but I think in the moments where you can see Robert Pattinson's face as Bruce Wayne, I think you can see that, that this is all still so new to him. And you can see uh-huh. that, that worry in his eyes and his facial expressions. 
How did you guys feel when he, uh, when uh, that group of thugs asked, you know, uh, who the hell are you? And he said, I'm vengeance. How did you guys feel about that? Most epic part of the trailer. <laughs> yeah. Did anybody else think he was going to say justice? I thought he was going to say I'm Batman. Yeah, I thought he was going to say I'm Batman. Uh, I thought... like the iconic I'm Batman line. But he was like, no, nah, I'm vengeance. <laughs> Swenson uh, texted me. He's texting me in private because he didn't want to say it in front of you guys. He said, I thought he was going to say I'm Iron Man like an Endgame. <laughs> I don't know why he'd be embarrassed by that. Okay, look, <laughs> look up the name Richard Kind. Oh, I know who he is. He's a he's in Gotham. Yes. He, does he? he looks, actually, whoa! Now that you say it, he does look just like I'm remembering what Richard Kind looks like. Yes. Does does he not look exactly? He looks just like him. I'm like, yeah. Here, let me. I'm gonna. Um, we can still talk about it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna pull it up and I'm gonna try to uh, screen share it with you guys. Um, who does he? Who does he play in Gotham? Uh, he plays the mayor, Aubrey James. Okay, so I don't think he has the dre- the very like the acting skills for Penguin. Oh yeah, I, I definitely think he's got that... different acting skills than Colin Farrell does. But like, they they really went all out on making Colin Farrell look exactly like him. That group of thugs that he ended up. So first, what do you, what do you what you guys think about that fucking <laughs> that ten punch combo right there? I think it was actually twelve punches if you include the. the oh, I didn't. I didn't count. Just, I was just saying. I just. I just said it, the first number off the top like, of my well, head. Actually, according to my calculations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was. That was definitely. My... After after I saw that part in the trailer, it instantly like this is why there's a, such a Batman meme going around on TikTok. Is that stuff right there? The people like, yo, I I stole a sandwich from a grocery store and Batman's gonna break my leg and then. <laughs> it's just like that. Like he's just like, "Who the hell are you, Avengers?" He just runs up on him, just just legit gets fatality, Mortal Kombat style. Mm-hmm. And then um, that group of thugs. Did you guys notice the kind of makeup they were wearing? I got a yeah, kind of clown makeup ish. Yeah, so do you? We'll see. You guys think that that's teasing anything, or do you think? Because I mean, is really anything a director does is, uh, or writers? Is anything really a coincidence when it comes to stuff like this? No. Well, yeah, I, I'm wondering if they're like, yeah, go ahead. I, I, I definitely got a, a Joker gang vibe from it, but I'm not, like I said, I wasn't expecting, I'm not like getting my hopes up or anything, and I wouldn't even care if Joker was in this movie or not, or, or teased in this movie a lot, because they have so many people that's going to be in this movie that I'm already excited about. So, because they got, not only do they have, um, Catwoman, Penguin, and Riddler. They have um, that one dude from the Transformers movies, um, John. John Turturro. Yeah, he's playing. He's playing uh, Carmine. Carmine. And he's one of my like favorite like Batman villains from the comics. It's not really like a super baddie. Like he's just a crime lord. I think it's. I I think it's awesome. Um, I think Paul Dano as the Riddler is probably going to be my favorite. Uh, one of my favorite things about it because the look of him too is so unique you never really expect him to uh the riddler to look like that and if you guys look on the um on our zoom chat i'm sending two files one is a photo of the penguin still shot from the trailer and the other is of richard kine uh, i'm looking at it right now they, they do actually look very similar <laughs> all right so uh, you guys have anything else on Batman? Uh, not really. It's just one thing I will say is it'll be kind of interesting to see 
what I guess you could say critics and members of like the general movie going audience have kind of gotten to this mentality of comic book movies should be like lighthearted and they should be quote unquote fun um, type thing. yeah and so like it'll be interesting to see the reaction to the Batman when it eventually comes out and everything like although there has been good reaction from like the the, uh, the teaser um, but like it'll be it kind of will be interesting to see like what criticisms stay consistent with regards to like transferring over from Ben Affleck's Batman who thus far is kind of like the darkest version of Batman and like what double standards there are as well because I know the people like li- like compl- did actually complain that Ben Affleck's Batman like in BVS was like too brutal that he was too dark but then obviously you see most people loving what we saw from the Batman uh, teaser with him beating up those thugs which I love too but like it'll be interesting kind of to see because uh, I'm someone who very much will monitor what the media is saying regarding like double standards and kind of like what agenda that they're trying to push regarding to like with regarding to like movies and things like that um so it, it that'll kind of be something to keep an eye out for it's like what complaints stay consistent what double standards they have i definitely uh agree i think that was uh i think that was actually a lot of good valid points well we'll finally move into the snyder cut obviously uh i know you guys everybody in this uh that's participating in this episode right now knows the story of the Snyder Cut. Um, I know Peter and Steven probably know uh, know it the best, have known it longer as well. If you guys, just for the listeners, just want to give like a quick a quick story of what the Snyder Cut is. Steven, you want to give a quick summary? Yeah, I probably Peter, go into too much detail. Summary. I'll go into so too Peter's much detail. the residential expert of the Snyder Cut movement, but... He also can't do it very quickly because he'll go into every detail possible. That's what I end up doing too. That's why I was like, I'm going to push it off to you guys because I've been uh, I've been doing that all day. Yeah, so I'll just give a quick little recap. So after Zack Snyder, or after Justice League, we will refer to it as Justice League because that's Joss Whedon's movie. Uh, after that movie came out, fans noticed that it wasn't exactly the same thing that we thought in the beginning trailers. It wasn't in line with how Zack Snyder makes movies. So there was this movement started to release the Snyder Cut. Zack Snyder did confirm uh, through Vero that he had an additional cut that was didn't get shown in the movie theater. And basically through, I know you guys are making jokes like, oh, like fans wrote to movie studios, like you have to keep Tim Burton on here. And they did that like, or you can't have Tim Burton strike Batman beyond Batman 3 but that's kind of what all these fans did they got together created this huge social media movement where people campaigned they had a billboard in the New York uh, New York Square Times Square Snyder Cut Times Square yeah it's not New York Square and after a long time they had completely changed uh, the people in charge of Warner Bros. Now AT and T runs it, and they're in charge of what happens with with all the the movies they make. And now we have the Snyder Cut coming out four years later. And it's very exciting. I'm uh, very excited. I wasn't, you know, when the Justice League came out, I wasn't um, huge into the DCEU at the time. It's only been the probably about 
maybe two years ago, I started really getting into DCEU like I was Marvel and other stuff. So the Justice League movie, I didn't like it. It didn't bother me. I thought it was a good popcorn movie, but I could tell it wasn't the same. And at the time, I was like, I, I, I knew. I was like, okay, well, Zack Snyder didn't do it, so that's probably why. I didn't know why he didn't. It's very sad why he had to step away. Uh, for listeners who don't know, it's because his daughter committed suicide. Um, so Josh Josh Whedon took over, um, and it sort of became what it's known today as how you said what you were saying, Peter, the Justice League. Yeah, which uh, is very funny. But um, what did you guys think about the trailer? I, it was really I, great. I you loved it, yeah. Uh, I mean, you, this, you could t- kind of tell, especially if you've been keeping up with the Snyder Cut, as someone who's kept up with the Snyder Cut movement and everything, and... Like, it's... It, that trailer and the way that Zack Snyder edited it and everything, and the... Like, you could tell that it was kind of like a love letter to the fans. Um, like, and the ultimate goal of that trailer was to really show um, to how different the movie was. Not a single frame uh, that appeared in that trailer um, appeared in the Justice League movie we got in theaters. So, like, it, it, it's... He's really wanted to advertise that, yes, this is a completely different movie. It was a really surreal feeling. To see that, like, oh, wow, this is actually it. This is, like, actual footage of Zack Snyder's Justice League. And, and I, so... I like how the song that he was using, Hallelujah, uh, played throughout the entire the entirety of the trailer. And that you couldn't yeah. hear any dialogue. Because I thought that, that that really is what kept you drawn in. And really kept your, your emotions high throughout the trailer. Yeah, he... That song was actually... It holds... Obviously, you can kind of look at it as, um, I guess you could say, hallelujah for like us fans being like, oh my gosh, like the feeling that we're finally getting this movie. But like that actually, Zack Snyder actually had this trailer prepared two years ago, um, and, and it, it was actually uh, that song was his daughter, one of his, uh, it was his daughter's favorite, one of her favorite songs, and they, I believe they actually like played that song at her funeral. So it like holds like a lot of significance to like him and his family. Okay, because I read that it had that it actually had significance to him, but yeah, I think I read something different. I didn't know about the uh, it being his daughter's favorite song, which that's really really nice. Yeah, so that's part of the, one of the reasons why that was there. Because I mean, it, obviously, like you can tell from the trailer, that's it. That's not it. Wasn't cut like an original, like a traditional trailer. That's like very much like you that studios will usually use to appeal to like a mass audience. Right. You could kind of tell that Zack Snyder was, it was, like I said, kind of like a love letter to kind of just really, and to really show that it was a different movie. And even like the one piece of dialogue um, at the end of the trailer that with um, that Batman says, where he says, um, they've never faced us before, not us united. That was kind of like the motto of the Snyder Cut movement. Yeah. Oh, so, no. I that, And you're right. That's so, that's so perfect to represent that, not us united. You know the fan, the fans uh, with hashtag release the Snyder cut. Even the cast, I remember Gal got it, tweeting it as well. Mm-hmm. But I, it was so so moving. Uh, what did what did you think overall? What were your favorite parts of the trailer? I loved watching Superman walk from the Kryptonian ship in his black suit. I just got so many Man of Steel flight vibes from that. It was just really cool for me to see. I love the part. Um, where Cyborg is watching his father die. I thought that's such an important 
piece to his character. No idea. Uh, I think it was very shitty that it wasn't in the original movie, but I'm glad it's in this one. Yeah, it, just like for people who don't know, only probably about it's an estimated like half an hour of the two-hour original cut of Justice League is Zack Snyder footage, and even like a lot of that has a different color grading than what he originally planned. Is like we're like shots that are repurposed, right? And changed. So basically, we're gonna have over like three and a half hours of unseen footage in the Snyder cut, which I like, think is gonna be four hours. It's gonna be great. Now, do you think that this? Uh, do you think that the 2017 jo- uh, Justice League movie is going to be sort of what the the fans say is we don't talk about that movie? We already don't talk about that movie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's fair that's enough. Oh uh, man, what else? What else do you guys have to say about it? Because I mean, if there's anybody who's really been, you know, because obviously, I know Swenson's a big fan. He's been waiting for it. A long time. I know you guys have been obviously waiting waiting for it since before the uh, 2017 one even came out. Yeah, like this is for me. This is like my most anticipated movie of all time. For me personally, just kind of like fighting for like two and a half years, not knowing like if it was ever going to come out, uh, not knowing like fully like oh shoot, like are we going to see it soon? Like is it going to be like a Richard Donner cut situation where we see it like 26 years after? you know, the original movie of uh, Superman 2 came out, you know, it's going to be similar to that, like, we want to see this as soon as possible, and to, like, kind of, like, see the effort that went into getting the Snyder Cut, um, that, like, you know, even Zack Snyder has shown, like, immense appreciation for the fans, because he, he thought the movement would go away, because, like, the Snyder Cut movement kind of, like, accomplished something that's never been really seen or done, like, in movie history. Right, because like, like for like, I guess you could in a way say like forcing a studio to release like bullied a studio into forcing a movie. Now, no, and like this kind of like changes a lot of things like in Hollywood too. Like you're seeing like all these different things, like directors and stuff, and all these like alternate cuts of movies. I think like I literally saw today that Francis Ford Coppola said he's gonna be putting together an alternate cut of The Godfather Three. And you, so, like, you didn't see, like, any of this really happening. You now know, like, that the, everyone kind of, if you've kind of been on the internet and are kind of in, I guess you could say, pay attention to pop culture, you know that the hashtag release the blank, whatever, is, is kind of become, like, an iconic phrase, and people will use that for multiple different things, but it's like, oh, release the Abrams cut of Rise of Skywalker, release you know, the air cut of Suicide Squad, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Like, you know, you have all these, you know, this it's become like this rallying cry for fandoms. Uh, and it's it's really a surreal feeling, you know, seeing, you know, uh, Euxus, you know, Young Dark Side in the beginning of that teaser. Um, seeing, like, all these characters not, you know, basically completely disrespected the way that they were going to, be, that they were in Justice League. Because, I mean, I know people have had gripes about, you know, say, even, like, Ezra Miller's Flash. And, like, that's, like, one of the only Snyder castings that Steve and I are kind of, like, yeah, that that we're not really big fans of. But, like, I mean, he's not going to be a complete idiot in this movie the way he was in Justice League. Like, the characterizations of all the characters are going to be different. Like, Ben Affleck's Batman is going to be you know, a much more serious character who's kind of been redeemed after Superman's sacrifice and Batman v Superman. 
you know, Henry Cavill's going to have a normal face, you know, doesn't have a mustache. <laughs> Terrible CGI, we're, we're uh, going to have the original design of Steppenwolf and not, you know, what looks like PS2 graphics and yeah. things like that. Like, even, like, James Momoa playing Aquaman, I'm sure his portrayal is going to be, you know, different. Like, basically, I mean, all the characters. I suggest see, like, a continuation of Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, which are, like, my two favorite comic book movies ever. You can see, like, the the uh, the continuation of that story in, like, a proper Justice League movie and not just a movie that um, basically executives forced out to get their bonuses and completely reshot um, and completely ruined in post-production. Uh, it's, like, it's an extremely satisfying feeling. Now, how do you think this is going to tie into uh, Flashpoint or the second Flash movie with... Michael Keaton as Batman and Ezra Miller still as Flash. Do you think that uh, I know it was rumored, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan was supposed to play a Thomas Wayne Batman? Yeah, it's rumored right now but Ben Affleck was announced I think the Friday or Thursday Thursday. It was Thursday. For uh, the DC fandom event that he was going to be in that movie. Do you think and, any... Uh, Andy in... Muschietti? Is that how you pronounce it? Right? Yeah, I think it's Andy Muschietti. Muschietti? said that he's the emotional heart of the movie. So I'm going to assume that it has to involve Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Which I think is, that is, is great. Part of Flashpoint right there. Now, how do you think the bridge is going to be gapped between the Justice League and Shazam? Obviously through Black Adam, but do you think that's going to be what, what, what draws it together? Uh, I'm... I think that, so obviously DC, like I kind of mentioned, is going the whole multiverse route, and that's something like Jim Lee kind of, I think, set up with, uh, if you saw the uh, CW Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover, where Ezra Miller and Grant Gustin's Flash, they both appeared on screen at the same time. And so, like, it's, it's in a way, it's kind of hard to determine what exactly is in the same continuity, because Zack Snyder himself has kind of said, like, at least as of now, uh, his cut of Justice League is, like, separate from the rest of the DC universe. Like, in, in a way that may or may not be good, like, for him to have his own little, like, I guess you could say Snyderverse by itself as his own universe, because they've already kind of, obviously, the films that follow Justice League don't directly reference it, but they kind of do more so follow in the events of it. And based off of everything that I know is going to be in the Snyder cut and like all the world building that that's going to introduce that potentially might you know be different than what other uh the other dc movies have set up that have come after uh so it'll be interesting to see obviously like i mean for example black suit superman i'll use this as an example um obviously we know that superman is going to have the black suit throughout the entirety of the snyder cut right in the end credit of Shazam, he's wearing a blue suit. Obviously, they couldn't get Henry Cavill back for, you know, that post-credit scene because of uh, timing conflicts and scheduling conflicts. Um, but, you know, he has the blue suit in that, which obviously followed after Justice League. And so, like, you know, it may or may not be a good thing if, um, you know, these other film, other directors doing these other movies have their own... Um, you know, it, uh, I guess you could say, like, aren't hampered by what Zack Snyder did, and Zack Snyder, with telling his story, isn't hampered by what other directors did. And obviously, like, that's the whole multiverse route. If you 
uh, multiverse concept, if you guys are familiar with it, you know, um, that you have multiple uh, versions of these characters that exist at the same time on different Earths, whether that's like Christian Bale's Batman, Michael Keaton's Batman, Ben Affleck's Batman, Robert Pattinson's Batman, they all exist at the same time. Right. You know, in the same way, obviously, we're getting uh, Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck in the, sa- in the Flash movie together. Which will be um, amazing. Yeah, it, it yeah. will be awesome. It obviously, could potentially get Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Um, we'll see about that. Because now that um, that person who went and saw Batman in uh, 1989 in the theater and then wrote that letter to Warner Brothers saying, don't recast, now he's shitting himself because Michael <laughs> Keaton is back. Yeah, and, I mean, it's crazy too because Ben Affleck's you know, back as Batman now too, which I mean, a lot of people um, said that, oh yeah, Ben Affleck's never going to go back to the role. But, I mean, I think Steve and I have always held out the hope that, I mean, because, so the reason why Ben Affleck left the role of Batman is different than what people real that a lot of what people think. Ben Affleck loves playing Batman. Like, he's been a Batman fan, like, his entire life, basically. And he loved portraying the character with Zack Snyder. Um, but, the, but ultimately, the huge studio interference is what caused him to drink, caused him to have problems with his personal life, and get into a divorce and everything, and... It's one of the reasons why he was overweight in the Justice League reshoots. Um, but, like, now, obviously, he's dating Ana de Armas. He's, like, in really good shape right now. Um, and he's winning at life, basically, is what they're saying. <laughs> good. Yeah, and potentially with, like, Zack Snyder kind of being at the helm, you know, doing, uh, you know, his kind of Justice League coming out. Obviously, like, we are talking about DC fandom, and we're talking about, like, part one, but there is a part two of DC fandom coming on uh september 12th uh and so you know i'm not saying it's guaranteed to happen or anything but i think there is a possibility that they could announce ben affleck's solo batman i guess maybe like a mini series for hbo max with his original script with joe manganello's deathstroke um and they announced that they're actually doing that um so i mean who knows uh what would happen i mean i would love to see that um, because it's been just basically described as Ben Affleck's Batman getting trapped in Arkham Asylum because that end credit scene in Justice League with Lex Luthor meeting with Deathstroke was essentially supposed to set up Ben Affleck's solo movie, but that whole uh, shouldn't we have a League of Our Own line said by Lex was actually a reshoot. But it was that scene was originally supposed to be Lex Luthor recruiting Deathstroke to take out Batman. And so... Uh, I think it would be awesome to see. I don't know if you guys know who Jay Oliva is, but he is... Uh, he's worked on basically all of uh, Zack Snyder's DCEU movies. He's directed nine different DC animated movies. So he's lived in like the DC animated universe for like 20 years, basically. And he basically called uh, Ben Affleck's Batman script the best Batman script he's ever read. Because uh, he was working on him with it at the time. So, I mean... Um, I think if Zack Snyder's Justice League is successful, I think that could definitely have a huge ripple effect, whether we get a sequel, you know, with Justice League 2, whether we get, um... Another, you know, another Batman. Ben Affleck Batman movie. Yeah, Ben Affleck's Batman. Which know, I guess uh, is good, since Matt Reeves decided to go his own way and not borrow from Ben Affleck's script <laughs> and story. But... We are coming close to the time, so I'm just going to push this into our uh, trivia game real quick. So um, they're, the way my quizzes work, they're really kind of tricky. I just pulled different uh, trivia based off of a certain topic that we would be talking about. 
um, you guys actually might get might actually get some of these because um, I like to pick really complex questions and mix it into easy ones to give people a chance to think they're gonna win but <laughs> so uh, since there's if uh, if Swinson is able to make it back in there's three of you playing basically whoever gets the most amount of points uh, wins um, so there's gonna be 15 questions all right we've got five minutes we're gonna try to breeze through this all right so you're gonna use it like a buzzer by saying your name so Peter you'll say Peter Steven you'll say uh, Steven Swinson you'll say Swinson if you're still there um, just say your name and then I'll tell I'll tell you whose name I, that ends up coming through first and then I'll tell you to go you answer if you get it right that's a point if you get it wrong the another person has a chance to get it and that's it if you both get it wrong I end up getting the point uh, Swinson right. is messaging me he says I think he said asked if he disconnected all right so then it'll just be you two for right now so let's go question number one when and how was the Snyder Cut officially announced Peter yes go Peter it was announced through um, a Man of Steel watch party that the Zack Snyder hosted on uh, May 20th, 2020. Awesome. And who was there with him? Peter, Henry Cavill. Yes. All right. Dude, you're going to kill me on this. Right. <laughs> Question two. The Snyder Cut is Zack Snyder's second movie for a streaming platform. What was his first? Peter. Go. Is this... It does this include like movies that he's already filmed? Yes. Or okay, Army of the Dead. Correct. On what platform? Netflix. Awesome. Damn, you'd be getting these bonus points too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, question three: The Snyder Cut movie teaser used the song "Hallelujah." Uh, he also used the song for another movie of his, which was Watchmen. What does this? Wa uh, what do What else does Watchmen share with the Snyder Cut Justice League? Here's a hint. It is an object in the film, and it can be seen in the back of the graveyard where Cyborg is digging up a grave. Huh. <laughs> that was a long question. So, The Watchmen and The Snyder Cut uh, both used the, the Snyder Cut trailer, both used the song Hallelujah, and both movies are by Zack Snyder. What else do these two movies share? Hint, it is an object. It's a physical object, and it can be seen in the back of of the graveyard scene where Cyborg is digging up a grave. Got 10 seconds. Shoot. The planet Mars. <laughs> All right, so what it is, it's an angel statue. The same angel statue, exact, the same exact angel statue was also used during the comedian's funeral scene in The Watchmen. And if you look, if you rewatch the part where Cyborg's digging up a grave, you can see it in the back. Interesting, did not know that. Question four. I know Swinson thinks my these questions are ridiculous. They're complete. <laughs> they're completely answerable. All right. Question four. For the Suicide Squad, what role was Idris Elba originally hired to play? Steven. Go. Deadshot. Correct. That's one point for Steven. Um, yeah, how does that feel, Peter? I'm coming back. <laughs> <laughs> but what was? But the role. Uh, but what was given the role of? Uh, sorry. All right. Yes, he was going to replace Will Smith as Deadshot, but was given the role of Bloodsport so that Smith could return into the future. Bonus question off of that: Why was Bloodshot convicted in the uh, comics? I'm not gonna guess this. Murder. 
Peter. Yes, Peter. Is it because he shot Superman? What did he shoot Superman with? A coconut bullet. Awesome. You got the bonus point on that. All right. Question number five. Mel Gibson was rumored to direct The Suicide Squad. Uh, what other two roles did Mel Gibson almost have in the old Batman movies? Steven. Yes. Bruce Wayne and Commissioner Gordon? Close. It was, I'll give you one more chance. You got Bruce Wayne right. He was going to play Bruce Wayne and Tim Burton's Batman. Who was he going to play in Batman Forever? Harvey Dent. Close. I'll still give you one point for getting the other one right, but he was going to play Two-Face. Right? I know. No, I know. I just wanted to... <laughs> I was trying to trip you up. <laughs> I'm like, wait a second. Am I... I do that same... I'll give you two points for that. I do that same shit to Swenson, and uh, it, it pisses him off. Cause... <laughs> All right. Uh, question six. What famous comedian, actor, writer, director, and producer was offered the chance to direct Black Adam back in 2017 but turned it down? Shoot. <laughs> He's a comedian, actor, writer, director, and producer. Five, four, three, two, one. Answer is Jordan Peele. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. But he's he turned it down because he wasn't he's not a diehard superhero uh, fan, and he didn't want to mess up the opportunity for somebody who would actually be into it. Gotcha. That makes sense. Question seven: What was Black Adam originally supposed uh, supposed to? What movie was he originally supposed to appear in? Steven. Yes. Shazam. Correct. Oh, you're one point away from uh, Peter. All right. Question eight: Black Adam will feature the justice of society. Uh, this will make how many uh, live action appearances for that group? Peter. Yes. One. Incorrect. Steven, do you have an answer? Uh, yes, I have an answer. Go. Three. You So their live-action appearance in Black Adam will make a total of three? Yes. Incorrect. That point will go to me. The answer is four. Oh. Now... Now, uh, Steven, you seem to have had knowledge that they were live action in another item. I can give you a bonus point if you can name me the other three. Yeah, it was, it was a TV show they were in. And, uh, I can't remember. All right, I'm going to... I gonna... knew that they made at least one more appearance, so I just guessed three, saying <laughs> that maybe I'm forgetting one. All right, so it's they also made a live appearance in Smallville. DC's Legends of Tomorrow and Stargirl. Oh, so all like the CW stuff, basically. Hmm. Question number nine. In the Batman, how many villains are rumored to appear? I'll give a point for each of these answered correct. If you can tell me how many are rumored, and if you can tell me how many are actually confirmed right now. Peter. Ooh, that was a tie. Alright, Peter, how many are how many are confirmed, Peter? <laughs> Confirmed, I believe it's three. Okay. Although, I mean, although if you are we check, are we counting Carmine yes. as a villain? Yes. Okay, then four. Awesome. Tell me the other three, and I'll give you two two total points. The other that are confirmed. Yep. Catwoman, Riddler, 
penguins. All right, you're going to get two points for that. Steven, can you tell me how many are rumored? Uh, seven. Close. All right, it's going to be six. All right. Question 10. What was the movie's working title? I feel like I should know this. We should know this. This is bad. <laughs> oh, oh, Peter. Oh, yes. Vengeance. Yes, Vengeance, right? awesome. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, we have five questions left. Peter, you're at eight points. Steven, you're at four, and I am at four. All right. Question 11. When Ben Affleck was set to star and direct, who was the villain supposed to be and what location was to be greatly featured? Peter, if you can get both of these, that's two points. I need the villain and the location that was going to be greatly featured. Go. Uh, John Manganiello as Deathstroke and Arkham Asylum. Correct. That's two more points for Peter. All right. Question 12. The Batman features three actors who uh, were previously in Marvel movies. Who are they? Steven. Steven, I'll give you a point for each one you can give me. Uh, Zoe Kravitz. Okay. Oh, man. Andy Serkis. Okay. And I cannot think of the last one. Okay. Um, what about you, uh, Peter? You know the third one? Answer is Colin Farrell, and the Marvel uh, movie he was in was Daredevil. Now, if you guys can, uh, whoever can give me the Marvel movies that Andy Serkis and Zoe Kravitz were in, will get one point. Uh, uh, we'll get an extra point for each one. Peter. Peter, go. Uh, Zoe Kravitz was in X Men First Class. Okay. And um, Andy Serkis was in Black Panther. He was also in one more. He was at oh shoot. Steven, in... if you know it, you can you can say your name. Was he in Civil War? Nope. Steven, okay. do you know? Yeah, Age of Ultron. Correct. Awesome. Alright, question <laughs> question uh, thirteen. What date did filming begin for the Batman? Oh. <laughs> no, we're not guessing. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have any idea? Uh, April 2020. That is correct, but I can't give it to you. Yeah. You didn't say your name. Oh my god. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's not. That wasn't even the right answer. <laughs> I was like, no way. No, it wasn't. All right. If you can give me the month, I'll give you a point. If you can give me the exact day, that's a bonus point. I mean, you know it's not April. You have a 1 out of 11 chance, both of you, is <laughs> forgetting the month, right? Ten. Steven. Steven. February 2020. Incorrect. Peter, Dang you it. got five seconds. Four. Three. Two. March of 2020. Incorrect. It's January. All right. Ten, ten, I'm going to count down ten seconds. Somebody has to give me the day and they get the point. Ten. Nine. Steven. Eight. Steven. Uh, 20 seconds. What did you say? 20 seconds. 20 second, as in 2-2? Two, two? Yes. Incorrect. Dang it. Five, 
four, three. 20, Peter, 21st. Oh, you you were both so close. P, uh, uh, sorry, Stephen. That I wish you were t you would have taken my hint when I said twenty second. It was the twenty seventh. Yeah, I thought Peter would guess that because you were asking to clarify. Oh, I thought Peter was gonna get it too, and I was like, when he said yeah. twenty, I was like, here he goes. But <laughs> all right, question fourteen. Zoe uh, Kravitz has a relative who plays a prominent role in the DCEU. Who is it? Damn, uh, Peter, I heard you start your name first. Jason Momoa. Correct. Bo bonus point. Who does Jason Momoa play? Peter Aquaman. <laughs> Damn, Steven. <laughs> All right. Steven, I had that bonus point set up for you. Peter doesn't need it. Yeah, but he's going to take it anyway. All right. Last question. Which famous musician was considered for the role of Catwoman in The Batman? Steven. Steven. Ariana Grande? <laughs> <laughs> Please no. Please no. <laughs> oh, she would, can you imagine if she had to make a meow sound? <laughs> meow. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Uh, Peter, five seconds. Four. Peter, Rihanna? No. Lady Gaga. What? Wait, really? Wait, seriously? Yeah, she was uh she was considered for it. Well, I'm glad it went to Zoe Kravitz. <laughs> yeah. I know, cause uh, if she really got too into the role, you know, she would have been like rah rah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here are the point the point totals. All right, in third place with seven points is Steven. And, se and second place with nine points due to incorrect answers from the two contestants is me. And in first place with 14 points is Peter. Let's go. Awesome Thank job, Peter. Peter, Stephen, <laughs> uh, thanks so much for you, uh, participating in this episode. It was awesome to get you guys, get some, some new people on, and especially people who are experienced in this uh, particular set of knowledge uh, when it comes to the DCEU. Hey, Hutch, thank you so much for having us on. Yeah. Absolutely, guys. I, I hope I get you guys on soon uh, again. So thanks so much. Yeah, hey, thank you. All right. I'll see you guys. Yeah, see we'll you. see you.